You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Silent as he stood accused, beat and mocked and scorned, bowing to the Father's will. He took a crown of thorns. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, Kids can be dismissed to junior church at this time. Those 10 and under can go back with Melanie, and uh, you don't have to send them back. 
but they sure do have a good time back there, and they learn the Bible as well. But uh, we've got toddler nursery, infant nursery, and we've got junior church uh, as an option, amen. But we welcome the toddlers and the infants and uh, uh, those that are under to stay right in the service as well. All right, man, praise and honor to the king. He's worthy, isn't he? Hallelujah. I'm so glad I know the Lord today. I'm so glad for what Jesus has done for me. And today we're going to look in the book of Matthew at the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ where he says in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, in his conversation with Simon Peter, he says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to preach today on the thought of the continuing church. On the first Sunday of this month, I was really excited to be able to introduce uh, our theme for the year, and the theme for the year is continue. And so as we are here on our Victory and Vision Sunday, I'm thinking about the continuing church. As we take a moment to think about what the Lord's done in the big scheme of things, but it's a pretty cool thing if you just think about Elk Point Baptist Church simply being a continuation of what Jesus started uh, back in the very beginning. I mean, you look through the book of Acts, and, and just as time has gone on, you see what the Lord has done. And I'm telling you, what He did is He established a church. And from that church, we read in the book of Acts, that that church established another church. And can I tell you something fascinating today? Uh, there's a lot of churches today uh, that look at the church at Jerusalem for the model for the church. Now, God obviously blessed and used the church at Jerusalem in a very special way. But there's a reason that they're not necessarily the model and the picture of what a New Testament church ought to be. And the main reason is, is that Jesus told them he said that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Do you know what the church of Jerusalem did for a solid 10 years? Jerusalem. 10 years they did Jerusalem. And indeed they built the very first mega church. But that wasn't what God told them to do. They were doing what God told them to do as far as preaching the gospel, but he said, you're supposed to go out. So God sent a persecution, allowed a persecution to come to the church uh, there at Jerusalem. And you know what happened? The Bible says when the persecution came, they were dispersed. And they went around. And it's amazing when you read where they went. They went into parts of Judea and into Samaria. And ultimately, we know they went to the uttermost parts of the world. What happened? They began to spread out, but it wasn't until God made them uncomfortable. And the church at Antioch, I believe to be more of an example of the model church there in the book of Acts, the church at Antioch, because what did they do? They sent out Paul and Barnabas. They said, you know what? We're not just trying to build some huge church right here. We need to have, a ch we need to have churches all around. We need to have churches uh, through each town and, and, and somehow represented. And that's exactly what I believe we have seen. So what happened? They sent out Paul and Barnabas. They went out and began to start churches. Guess what happened in those churches? People started going out of those churches and starting churches. And you fast forward a couple thousand years, and then by the grace of God, I go out of a church. And what do I do? I come out here to start a church. 
And then by God's grace, since we've been here, we've sent two other men out to be able to continue in that ministry. It's just the work. It's just cool when you think of it in those terms. Jesus said, I will build my church. In other words, we just need to continue what Jesus started, continue what we see started in the book of Acts. And I just want to just look at this verse for just a moment. In Matthew 16, verse number 18, he says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock. And by the way, Peter right there, Peter's name, uh, it, it carries the idea of a rock, but it's more of a stone or a pebble. So Jesus is not saying, he says, you're Peter, you're a pebble. And upon this rock, on this boulder, I will build my church. In other words, he's not saying he's going to build the church on Peter. He's saying I'm going to build the church if the church is going to be built upon me. So we see that where the real vitality, the person of the church, the vitality of the church, the church is God's plan of the ages. Jesus is the life of the church. It is his idea. In fact, the Bible, he calls the church his body. The, the, the idea of the church started with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that the church of the living God has changed the world for good. The word church, of course, is ecclesia. It's a called out assembly. It's an assembly that's being called out for a purpose. And I'm telling you, we as a church and the churches that God has called out have been called out and have changed the world for the better. Jesus Christ is the vitality. He's the life of a true church. Now, we understand that there's a lot that goes on in the world today that perhaps goes under the name of, uh, of a church, and I guess it's some sort of church. But if it's not built on Jesus Christ, if it's built on traditions, and if it's built on man-made philosophies, folks, uh, it is not a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a New Testament church because there's a lot that goes by church today that's not necessarily church. If it's a church, quote-unquote, but they're preaching that there's another way to heaven outside of Jesus Christ, Folks, that's not a church that's built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I thank God for the church. Jesus said, I will build the church. Jesus is the rock. In 1 Corinthians 3.11, he's the foundation. The Bible says, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation upon which the church is built. Colossians 1.18, the Bible says He is the head of the body, the church. Folks, Jesus is the foundation. He's the head. Folks, Jesus is the message of the church. Hallelujah. He is the message of the church. When you go through the book of Acts, what they got in trouble for over and over again was preaching in that name. Preaching in Jesus' name. He's the message of the church. I mean, what other message do we really have? Because what we're doing is we're proclaiming Jesus. We're preaching His Word. We're talking about, number one, if you don't know Him as Savior, you need to receive Him as Savior. Jesus, what is the message? Jesus went to the cross to die for your sins. He shed His blood. He died. He rose again the third day so that you might be saved. And once you're saved, you can now have a relationship. He moves on the inside. And now through us, the Lord Jesus Christ ministers to those around us. And, and we continue, we, we, we become a part of a local church. We build relationships with people. We get connected with people. 
and we minister in this world. I mean, folks, it is all about Jesus Christ. So we see the person, the vitality, the life of the church is Jesus. But I want to say not only that, but notice also the vision of the church. The Bible says also, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. One of the things that I believe from very early on, we were talking in Sunday school about surrendering to the will of God and allowing God to use your life and, and, and just giving your all to the Lord. And one of the reasons we said that we can struggle with that is that we do not feel capable. What if God calls me to do something that I'm not able to do? That was one of the things that we talked about being able to struggle with. Well, listen, when God first began to lay on my heart to come to South Dakota and, and, and start by starting a church up in the state capitol, but did you know that all the way going back to 1999, or uh, more specifically, to, yeah, 1999 to 2000 is when God laid this area of the world on my heart. That's a little ways back, isn't it? 2000. There's some of you wasn't even born in 2000. Uh, but, uh, but, but in 2000 is when God laid this area on my heart. Now, initially, we went to Pierre. And then, uh, in, uh, you know, 10 years ago, we came down here to start uh, this church. But... From the very beginning, I have never thought that I am a capable individual. I've never thought that on the basis of my education, on the, on the basis of my plans, and, on, and, and, and based on my abilities, I'm going to be able to go and build churches for Jesus. I've never thought that once. In, in, in Pierre, we had, a, uh, we had an offering table, the communion table, that stayed out in, right in the front, and they had an old Bible uh, that, that just stayed open on that table. And I made it a point, I just opened up that Bible to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 because what's always been in my heart is what Jesus said, I will build my church. You know, I've shared this with you before, but, but when you think about the impact that Elk Point Baptist Church is making, has made, I'm talking about the souls that have been saved, the lives that have been changed, again, we're, the preachers, the, the men that God has called to preach, that this morning, while we are here, uh, not only are we, we supporting missionaries, we'll talk more about our missions uh, in February, because uh, that's, that's a great ministry, but literally, as you and I are here this morning, there are two representatives out of this church standing and preaching the gospel as I stand and preach here today. Is that an amazing thing? Whoever thought that would happen? I'm telling you right now, this is, this is not the conventional place to come to to try to start a church. Uh, and therefore, this is why I wasn't coming here initially. I was going to try to go to a bigger town and reach over into this smaller town. But the way God led, He shut one door, He opened up this door, and He opened up the door for our little storefront. And... Uh, and, and, you know, we were talking about how, the, you, know, uh, you know, launching our greeting team and getting us real consistent in that. I don't want a visitor coming in that door without making sure they're greeted and, 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 and handed, uh, you know, some information and given some gifts and everything that we don't have a guest that comes in that don't experience that. That church, I said, you come in and you were just right in the middle of it right away. God bless some of you introverts. What was it like to be in that little storefront? Because you walked in and, bam, you're just there. All right? And, you know, one, one of the coolest things and one of the funnest things about the church was the way that we had it laid out. We, there was not a bathroom in the part that we rented, right? There was a common bathroom down the hall. 
But the way, anybody remember the way? I know some of you remember the way. Some of you that, some of you that never been there, here's how it was. Just imagine this being the, the pulpit area. There's some chairs here, a few chairs in the middle, and I always love Evan and Connor's little special seats, Jen. You remember those? Uh, uh, over there uh, that they sat on. And, uh, and then, then a few chairs over here. My wife had a nursery going back in this other little small room. But in order to go to the bathroom, you had to walk right here. And the door was right here to go down to the bathroom. So I'd be up preaching. And if you wanted to go to the bathroom, you had to get up and go right that way. Y'all remember that? And, uh, and then you're hoping you don't take too long because you know people's going to be uh, judging and whatever. And, and, then, and then the bathroom wall is right there on that wall. And you're wondering, man, how, how, how good's the sound? You know, just all the things that are going on. Just some of the charm of that, that little storefront building. I mean, it, it's awesome. Um, and, and to think about, uh, you know, I, 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 told, I, I didn't come here. I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not like a very talented person. You know, uh, I, I, I've got friends of mine that go start churches that they can do like what Jack and Lydia are doing up here. And they get the whole family up here and they sing and they play and, and, uh, man, thank God for my wife. She was able to play the piano. Uh, Hannah and Caitlin did a good job singing from time to time, but it wasn't like, Hey, come hear this concert we got going. I just didn't have that. So what do we do? We'd come in, sing a hymn, and I'd preach. Just what the world's looking for, right? That's not, if you look it up, that's not the way uh, it's supposed to happen as far as by the world standards. All that we had was, was Jesus, amen? The, the message, the Word of God. But I'll never forget on that very first Sunday that from the community, we had 27 people from the community on our very first Sunday. From town, we had more than that because we had friends that came. But there were 27 people, and, and there's a number of you, I think about Miss Jean. Miss Jean came uh, that Sunday, and since that time, guess what? Miss Jean's come to the Lord. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Uh, and by the way, can I say something about that? We have seen people uh, not, only, not only come to Christ in their 70s, we've seen people come to Christ in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, since uh, since Elk Point Baptist Church has been here. Uh, remarkable. We've seen uh, patriarch, patriarchal uh, Catholics get saved in their 80s and 90s. Just amazing things that God has done. But the simple point that I'm trying to make is that Jesus said, I will build my church. Um, but notice the materials. Jesus said, I will build my church. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses, verse 19, it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The Bible says in, or continues to say, In whom all the building, the building, the church, fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. That sounds like connection, don't it? That don't sound like a social club. Church isn't a social club. We're not an exclusive group, we're an inclusive group, amen? I mean, we, we see people come from all walks of life. doesn't matter because, praise God, the, 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 the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And I don't care, the, I don't care what kind of life somebody's living. I'm glad by the grace of God they can come in those doors, hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and have an opportunity to be saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. 
And, uh, but so the church is a family. And boy, don't that sound connected, fitly framed together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, To whom coming as unto a living stone. Talking about Jesus, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we, you and I are the materials of the church. The church is made up of people built up together. So, so as a person, it starts with salvation. Now, technically, you could be a member of this church and not be saved. Now, if you tell me you're not saved, we're uh, not going to allow you to join the church. But you can be a member of this church, but that doesn't mean you're a Christian. You can be a member of a church. That doesn't mean you're a member of the church, okay? But if you are indeed saved and you know Christ as your Savior, that's where it starts. And that's how you become a part of Christ, by the way. And then after that, you have the, the option to be able to join into a local church but as soon as you're saved by god's grace you're a part of christ amen you are in christ you are in the church collectively if you will but it starts with the people being saved it goes on to a people serving now listen to me closely there's some of you that may not realize this today but if you are indeed saved if you do know christ as your savior you have a spiritual gift at least one. That's news to a lot of people. Matter of fact, I've had people argue that with me. Uh, you don't know me, preacher. I don't have any gifts. I can't get up there and, and, and sing and preach and do those things. Did you not see some of the folks up here hiding earlier? <laughs> it's not all about what you do up here. But, but here's the thing that tells you the importance of a local New Testament church. Why did the Bible say that God gives gifts to the people? For the edifying of the body. For the building up of the church. Do you want to hear something very countercultural? Very countercultural. It's not about you. It is not all about you. Is that countercultural or what? It's not all about you. It's about Him. Amen? And see, we live in a time where people are like, what's in it for me? Now, don't get me wrong. I want this church to offer things to people. You know, but when I think about the things, I'm thinking more about things that are going to help them spiritually, amen? help them come to Christ, help them to grow into Christ. I want it to be a friendly place for people to come into. I want the facilities to be welcoming when people come in. I want all of that stuff, and we need to have that. But what I'm trying to say is some people just look for some kind of church. People, we get so focused on what's in it for me. There's people, they will determine, I'm talking about people that are saved, they'll determine whether or not they want to come to church on how they feel about, about, about it that day. And there's people, I'm glad that, we can, that you can watch church online. We wouldn't be online if we didn't want people to watch church online. However, you don't watch church online when you could be in church. That's more if you can't be here, if you want to share it with someone later. Why? Because, well, I get, I get just enough there. Well, that's what's important, isn't it? You getting enough. You getting your needs met. That's not what it's about. Listen, and by the way, you look at people that follow that worldly philosophy, that humanistic philosophy about putting yourself first. Oh, I've got to make myself happy. How many husbands and wives are falling into those lies today? You know, it's time that I just put myself first. 
You want to find some miserable people, you find some people that are forgetting about everybody else and putting themselves first. See, Jesus doesn't say it's not all about us because he's trying to hurt us. He's trying to let us learn that, number one, it's about him. You put Jesus, you will not find true joy by putting yourself first. It just won't happen. It, it's, it's, it's kind of paradoxical. It's kind of ironic. You would think, I want to be happy, so I need to make it all about me. But the thing is, if you do that, you'll find out you're miserable and you're lonely. But if you start, if you especially as a Christian, make it about Jesus, even if you're not a Christian, you start putting, making life about others. Uh, John D. Rockefeller just about worried himself to death when it was all about him. When he was just, uh, you know, amassing his millions and became the first billionaire, I believe, uh, in America. Uh, he, but he was about to die. He was so sick of worrying about his money and himself. But you know what he started doing? He started giving some of that money away. And as he started giving, he started feeling better. And as he started giving, he got happy. And, 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 and Carnegie may have been the first one to start this, but among these millions and billionaires, Carnegie, they started giving. In other words, they started thinking about others. And they actually enjoyed it so much. At one time, they were competing to see who could be the richest. Now they're almost competing to see who can give the most. And he become healthy, he became joyful, because what you find out is that true joy does not come from putting yourself first. That's why as Christians, we put Jesus first. We put others next. I don't feel like being here today. I don't feel like doing whatever it is that God's called me to do today. I don't feel like being supportive of whatever ministry is going on here today. But it doesn't matter whether I feel like it or not, because I know it's important. And I know that I'm going to commit to coming. I wasn't saying I don't feel like it, just so you know. I'm, I'm pretty glad to be here. But I'll tell you, don't think that I come to church all the time because I feel like coming to church all the time. Don't think I preach and teach and visit and study because I'm just like, woohoo, man, I just feel it in my bones. There's times I feel it in my bones. But there's times I don't. But you do it anyway. Why do you do it? You do it for Jesus. You do it for others. And what happens ultimately is when you find out that you're doing it for Jesus and others, man, yourself ends up being the third one. Amen? And by the way, some of you know what I'm saying there. There's an acronym in that. If you want to have real joy in your life, put Jesus first. J. Others second. O. Yourself last. And you'll find true joy. Why? Why do I say all that? Because the church is built with people. And I'm telling you, it's not always easy uh, serving. It's not always easy putting other people first and putting Jesus first. But I'm telling you, that's how this church, that's how any church has ever been built, is that somebody had to be willing to sacrifice something. Somebody had to be willing to sacrifice their time. Man, I think, you know, we, we recognize some of these volunteers and visitors. I didn't, rec I didn't recognize Dana for the work that she's done in cleaning the church. I didn't recognize uh, Jen for the work that she's done. I'm going to start thinking about a lot of people that I didn't recognize. Jen, uh, if you go on Facebook and see the cool stuff on there, she is the one doing that stuff. Uh, I could go on and on about the people that do these things, but the music ministry. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. There's a lot that goes in, and it's, uh, I don't know about you, but thinking about doing what Dan and Sonia do, working with numbers and all that stuff, <laughs> I'm glad they do it. And listen, as the church has grown, they've done it a lot more, and there's been more and more work. But I'm telling you, they never complain. Never complain. I mean, and, and, and the people that clean, you know, Deidre up here clean, never complaining. Never complaining. 
Why? Because it's a joyful thing. People that drive a long ways to teach and to commit, and, and uh, I know there's a lot to it, but I'm telling you that the materials of the church, the, the, the vision of the church is people. Jesus said, I will build. He uses people to build. He uses people to serve. And ultimately, folks, I say the, the, the materials, I will build my church, it's Jesus' job ultimately. It's Jesus' job, ultimately, to build His church is the way I feel. We do our part, but we let Jesus do His part. I came, I came here in that storefront. I came with a goal, and I came with a vision. And right away, you know, I begin to share that vision with you. Now, here's the thing. Maybe, it, maybe I, I've got a lot of friends that are a whole lot better preachers than me. I've got a lot of friends that are, that are more talented than me that are laboring somewhere, they've been somewhere 10 or 15 years, and they're still in the storefront. And they've still just got a handful of people. You want to know what? They're just as blessed as we are, and God's going to bless them and is blessing them just as much. It's just different, but they're being faithful to the calling. But it really is something when you look to see that this is what God had in store for here. But ultimately, I just want to try to do things God's way and let him do the rest. And that goes to the, so, so the materials of the church are people, the means of the building of the church. Here's what Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, He gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Folks, the means is still preaching. We built this big old platform, amen? And, and, and the pulpit stands prominent in this church. You want to know why? Because the Word of God is preached from that pulpit and taught from the pulpit. Because the, the, uh, the, the church isn't built on me, but it's built on the preaching of the Word of God. You say, preacher, you must think you're something. No, I don't. I know myself too well. I know I'm not anything, but I know that Bible will make a difference. I know the preaching of the Word of God is what God has called us to do. And I'm telling you, by the grace of God, we will continue to preach the Word. Amen. That's what Jesus said to do. We are not here today to be, uh, we, we are not here to be Fox News Elk Point. All right? We are not here to be another platform of the Republican Party or of the Democratic Party. And listen, and, and, I'm all, and I'm all for Christians being salt and light and being involved in politics. And you know that. And you know I'm not afraid to preach where these things intersect. But ultimately, we're here to preach the Word. Let God do the rest. Amen? Because it's up to Him. It's not, I can't do anything. All I know to do is just get up here and preach. I mean, listen, you think about the power of the Word of God. You think about the world lying in darkness uh, when the Lord spoke. And the Bible says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And the Bible says, it talks about that in Corinthians, when he says, and God who spoke, and he spoke in the darkness, and through his word, the creation, the power, he spoke into our lives and brought life. The word of God still works. 
So that's one of the reasons the means is the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. God blesses and gives preachers and teachers for the edifying of the, of the body. Man, I don't say a whole lot about this kind of stuff, but I want to encourage you to avail yourself of the preaching and teaching. This year, I want to give some more opportunities to be in some discipleship uh, classes and some connection groups and things like that as the year goes on. I want you to avail yourself of these things so that you can get under the Word of God, so that you can grow as a, as a person, so that you can grow as a man, as a woman, as a family. Get yourself under the teaching of the Word of God. Avail yourself to that. Get in church. Be faithful. Hear the Word of God. It's amazing what it can do in your life. Be in the Word, be in the word yourself on a daily basis. But the Bible says He blesses the preaching of the Word of God. They went forth preaching Jesus. Man, I thank God for how He's blessed our music ministry. And I just want to see it grow. I mean, just grow straight through the roof. I really do. I mean, I, I, I want the different, the, the different groups and all that. I want to see them grow. But I'm telling you, at the center of all of it will be the preaching of the Word of God Almighty. So that's the means. And then uh, lastly, I want to say about the continuing church. The, continu the continuing church is built on Jesus Christ. He's the life. He's the vitality of the church. He's the message. The vision of the church, Jesus said, I will build my church, and he's not done. Man, I'm telling you, I, I mean, by God's grace, you don't, I mean, listen, we need to pray. I'm praying, I'm praying more people come to Christ this year than we've ever seen. I mean, but why? Because there's people that need to be saved. Man, I'm telling you, Lord, build your church, but use us to be faithful in doing it. Uh, the, the vision of the church. Everybody in this church has a place. Everybody in this church has a role. Everybody in this building right now has some way that you can contribute. And as you often already are, that's why we're, we're blessed like we are. But I'm just saying, make sure that you fulfill your calling. Understand. Understand the importance that Jesus placed on the church. And I understand there's a collective church. I understand that today. But our, when it's talking about spiritual gifts and all these other things, so much of what is written in the New Testament is written in the context to the local church. To the local church. And I'll say this. You know, you know one of the most valuable things, one of the most valuable ministries that you can have in here this morning is the ministry of presence. The ministry of presence. I've had people before talk to me about maybe wanting to do something, you know, as far as serving and stuff. And I'm like, man, yeah, I'd love for, for that to happen. But then they don't come. You know, and it's just like, well, there's opportunities, but then I don't see you. So it's like, but, but, but the, one of the greatest ministries, you don't realize it, but one of the greatest ministries that every one of us can have is just being here, the ministry of presence. Because the Lord can bless and use your life. Just think about others. Think about others. Think about the opportunity we have. Thank God we're in a place where we can meet together uh, and have church. Amen? All right, so the vision of the church, and then lastly, the victory of the church. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come what may, the church will continue till Jesus calls her home. Man, I'm so thankful as I think about the church and I think about churches in other parts of the world. I think about our brothers and sisters in China. 
to where the pastors will be imprisoned, maybe killed, but the church goes on, and they don't have a building. They're meeting in an apartment. They're meeting somewhere else, you know, the underground church. But when one preacher goes down, there's a man in the church that'll step up and take over. Or there's another preacher that'll stand up and take over. I heard years ago about, you talk about the privilege of coming to church. I heard years ago about a, a pastor that went to, uh, actually went to the underground church, and there was a girl that was going to sing, and uh, asked the pastor if she could sing another song. He had asked her to sing. He, she said, can I sing another one? And she may have asked to sing another one after that. And then after the service, the, the Chinese pastor told the American pastor, he said, do you want to know why that girl was asking to sing like she was? Because both of her parents have already been imprisoned. She's got a brother that's been imprisoned. And she knows that this may have been her last service here. She knows that. Wouldn't that be something? Man, we've got the privilege to be able to come. But the victory of the church, the church goes on. You know, I've got to say this. We've said it before. The church is not a monument. It's a movement. It's a movement. It's people. It's what we're doing. It's, what, it's how we're affecting this community, the communities that are represented within this church. It's a movement. But I will say this. God has blessed us with the building. And I, I think it's important to make this building a welcoming place. That's one of the things that we see in the vision and goals report. But it's not about the building, amen? But since we got it, we want to be good stewards. But ultimately, folks, it's about making a difference in the lives of people, amen? All right, so thank you so much. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask Danny if he would to come. The continuing church. By the grace of God, we want to be a church that continues. We want to be a church that keeps making a difference. Hey, can I encourage you today, church? If you're here and you're saved by the grace of God, you want to know something I want to encourage you with this year as far as sharing the gospel? You ought, to, you ought to write down about five people that you know that need Jesus and pray for them daily. Reach out to them weekly. Wouldn't it be amazing if everyone in here, Danny, you can start playing when you're ready. Wouldn't it be amazing if everyone in here, you write down five people. What if, what if one of those five people out of all our lists come to Christ this year? Just think about that. What if all five did for some of us and we could start a new list? Start a list of people that you're intentionally praying for, intentionally reaching out to, intentionally trying to spend some time with to bring to Jesus. Amen? Pray about what God would have you to do. You say, are there opportunities to serve? There are opportunities to serve. And I'm working to make sure and clear what these opportunities are. But in the meantime, just be faithful, amen? Put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for the privilege of being here this morning. I thank you for the church. I thank you for this church. I thank you for sending me here, sending these folks here, calling us here. God, we look forward to how many more you're going to save and add to the church. God, I pray that you'll help those that are saved to find and use their gifts. I thank you for the many, many that are using their gifts for you. And there's some that want to. They just never even thought they had a gift, but maybe they found that out for the first time today. And God, if there's anyone here today that is not saved, has not accepted you as their Savior, I pray, God, that right now they will humble their hearts before you. And if they're not saved, I pray they will pray along with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my sin to you. 
Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and life and be my Savior. If you don't know Jesus today, boy, He loves you. And He wants to save you. Hey, thank you for being a part of a continuing church. Thank you for being a part of a continuing church. And together, let's make sure that we just keep, keep on keeping on, continuing for the glory and honor of God. Amen? All right. Well, we're going to be dismissed. We're going to dismiss in a word of prayer. We do have our annual meeting. Uh, again, it, it, since we combined meetings, or split meetings, I should say, uh, please stay. Uh, members, stay and vote. If you're not a member, you're welcome to stay and be part of the meeting. Um, uh, members will be doing the voting, but you're welcome to see how we do business or uh, what have you. Um, and I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss, and is 10 minutes enough time or too much time, Richard? Does that sound about right? So I'm going to I'm going to ask Richard if he'll uh, be planning to call the meeting to order at uh, no later than 12.15. So if it looks like he can do it before, that's fine. Uh, but we'll dismiss and give you opportunity uh, that may not be staying to leave. Uh, but no later than 12.15, we'll uh, try to get the meeting called to order. Uh, all right, I'm going to ask Ron Allen if he would dismiss us in a word of prayer.